everyone. It's good to see everyone here this morning. Thank you very much, Amber, for uh, for the, the uh, piano playing. Uh, we're excited to have Ross Plus uh, with us this morning to share God's Word. And uh, I'm also very excited to have Myron and Ruth leading us in song here this morning. So uh, just uh, welcome us, everyone, and uh, hope we have a fantastic service. Myron and Ruth, you guys are on. Is this, this one on for now? Amber, where are you? There, thank you. Thank you for that, that piano. It just sort of set an ambience in my own heart to uh, bring me to a place of worship. And I appreciated that so much because I'm going to just give you a little intro to some of the songs that we're going to sing. I've been wrestling with a spirit of worship, genuine worship. You know, Pastor uh, Glenn called me and said, we don't have a music team. Uh, I don't know if you're musicians. We need some singing. Would you just get up and do something? And so I thought, sure. You know, we'll just grab the hymn book, and we'll sort of flip-flop through a song or two, and then uh, we've done our tradition, and we can go on with with church. And, and you know, the Lord didn't leave me alone with that, with that just sort of that... No actual authentic worship. And, and, and that piano helped. That's beautiful, so thank you. So in my, my searching, like, Lord, I, I want this to be more than just a flip-flop through a, a hymn. It, I, I want it to be genuine, something from within. I want to be fed. I want us all to be fed. I was praying about it and wrestling with it and... And, and, and even till this morning, I just wasn't sure where everything would go. And I was just reading my own private devotions in Psalms 28 and trying to digest what that all meant for me. And I glanced over at Psalms 29, and I started to read it. And something really resonated with me. And I just want to share that with you this morning before we sing. Psalms 29. Ascribe to the Lord, O mighty ones. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. That, that just hit the nail on the head right there for me. And I think for all of us. Ascribe. And really that's, this morning when we sing, that's what we're going to do. We're going to ascribe to the Lord uh, because he is mighty, because he is full of glory and strength, he is due the glory, and he is holy. And then I, I read on, and, and, and it, it just impressed me how, you know, we've had some violent weather this past week or so, and, and David goes on, he says, The voice of the Lord is over the waters, the glory of God Thunders, the Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf. Siron like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The the voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bare, and in his temple all cry glory. 
The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. That, that just so resonated with, with me. And, and, and when I finished reading that, the song, How Great Thou Art, just popped up in my head. So we're going to sing How Great Thou Art. I think it is, if you pick your hymnals, it is page number four. Do I have that? You can use that, or do you want another one? This is a pitch pipe for any of you that don't know what that is. It's like a piano in a little circle. stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. We're going to go up a little bit. When I look down from lofty mountain grandeur And hear the brook and feel the gentle breeze Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee How great Thou art, how great Thou art Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. And when I think that God is Son not sparing, sent Him to die, I scarce can take it in. That on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, He bled and died to take away my sin. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art. 
Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. When Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home, what joy shall fill my heart. Then I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim, My God, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. Let's turn to 498. Peace like a river. I've got peace like a river, I've got peace like a river, I've got peace like a river in my soul. I've got peace like a river, I've got peace like a river, I've got peace like a river in my soul. I've got love like an ocean, I've got love like the ocean, I've got love like an ocean in my soul. I've got love like an ocean, I've got love like an ocean, I've got love like an ocean in my soul. I've got joy like a fountain, I've got joy like a fountain, I've got joy like a fountain in my soul. I've got joy like a fountain, I've got joy like a fountain, I've got joy like a fountain in my soul. I like that. All right, we'll continue. Does anybody have a song that they want to sing, a choice of their own that you want to win? I'll tell you what, you can think about it because we're going to sing a couple more later. If, you, if one comes to mind, I'll give you a chance to shout it out. fantastic thank you so much Myron and Ruth and uh, it's one of the this is one of the perks of being a part of a small church a small family style church
church where we can be this bonded together, uh, where we can do uh, stuff like this. And uh, it's, it's fantastic. It's wonderful to be a part of, part of the family of God and, and part of a church family that, uh, that loves one another. And uh, it's a real blessing. So thank you so much for that, Myron and Ruth. Our uh, call to worship can be found in your bulletins if you'd like to pull that out. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll read that together briefly and then uh, we'll uh, continue on. Our call to worship can be found in the book of Psalms, chapter 63, verses 3 to 4. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. Amen. We'll open our service with a word of prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, uh, we just bow before you, recognize your goodness, your grace, and your mercy in our lives. We're thankful for uh, a church family to be a part of. We're thankful for the beautiful weather outside this morning. Uh, We thank you for just blessing us so richly. We ask that you would be blessed, that you would be ascribed greatness. Uh, This morning we ask that you would be ascribed greatness that you are due, the worship that you are due because you are holy. And so we pray that what you see from us, what you hear from us today, uh, would be a a good sound in your ears today. Amen. Let's see here. We're blessed to have the right reverend, Ross Plews. Ross is an awesome speaker. I'm always happy to have Ross out here. So thank you very much for blessing us this morning, Ross. So, Ross, it's all yours, man. Just crossed my mind that um, I'd like to share something with you cross-culturally. I think it's always amazing in when we come into a church, especially you know someone who's coming from the outside in, and I don't attend here on a regular basis, to see how the body of Christ just comes together, and we put together a worship service, whether we have instruments or not. We had wonderful piano in the beginning, and then a cappello. But in the land of China, there sometimes were opportunities where if you did what we did this morning, you could be arrested and, and put in jail. Even without the instruments, just singing uh, the hymn would get you in jail. So Myron, I'm going to ask you to come again, and we're going, to, we're going to do something here just for fun, to show you what it would be like if you were living in China at a certain time in history where the church was shut out and it was illegal for you to worship. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go back to that first song that you, How Great Thou Art, and you're going to lead that, but no one can sing. All you can do is mouth the words. You can, we'll stand, you can clap if you want, but everything has to be done in silence. All right? Got it? One verse? One, one verse. Just, actually, let's just do the course. Okay. If he could project that for us. Then sings my soul, my... No voice. Oh, no voice for no me. Voice. You Ooh. just start it, and then we're going to... Okay. Ooh, that's pretty flat. Thank you. <laughs> 
we uh, did an experiment one time at a, a mission service in, in college, and uh, they were trying to show us what it would be like to live in a communist country. And we had one of our stately professors who was uh, speaking. Uh, he was an older gentleman in his late 60s, 70s. And all of a sudden, Russian soldiers burst into the chapel and dragged him off the stage. In fact, they did such a good job, he actually did fall and hit his head. They had to uh, confess their sorrow over that afterwards. But, you know, we take a lot for granted, don't we, in the country that we live in. And when we can come so freely here today and just worship and just sing, we don't need the instruments, but it's nice to have them. And I may contradict that a little bit when my message this morning, because it's all about instruments and stuff. But isn't it great? Amen? It is. All right, we're going to continue on this morning uh, in the Psalms. And that was a, just a perfect God-centered approach to beginning our service today, because it fits right in with what I want to talk to you about today. We're going to go to Psalm 98. And we're going to unfold that chapter this morning in our, in our service today. As I was thinking about this past year and all the things that have transpired, well actually the last couple of years with COVID, etc., etc., I have a sense of a lot of stress that came into my life. Actually, I would say an inordinate amount of stress that came into my life during these last couple of years and this year in particular. And a time in my life where that pressure seemed to just surround me and every day there seemed to be this feeling of pressure. Family, work, society, all those challenges seemed to create an inner pain. And the joy of the inner pain is that it leads you to come back to the Word of God. Because the stressors of life usually can, if we're open and listening, take us back to the Word of God. And especially the Psalms. And why do I say that? Well, because the Psalms bring us face to face with human beings who have experienced pressures just like we're experiencing, um, similar emotions. And it's in the Psalms that we hear the, the heart of people where they cry out and they long for certain things and they long to tell God certain things. And, and when I read the Psalms, it's almost as if I was the penman. It's almost as if I was writing that psalm because I resonate so well with that psalm. In fact, I like to think that there's this unique mystical power that's associated with many of the psalms. And of course, we know it's because the Word of God is dynamic. The Word of God is powerful. Second Corinthians, or pardon me, Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is God-breathed. And useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And this concept of breathe is what we call inspiration. And we need to remember that it's not something that already exists. It's something that's breathed out. So when God created the scriptures, he was breathing out the scriptures. It's the idea excuse me, of creating something. And if we define inspiration, it's that process whereby God moved through man or human authors <clears throat> without destroying their individual personalities, vocabularies, and writing styles to produce divine, authoritative, and inerrant writings. We can believe what we read because it's breathed out. 
Joshua 1.8 says, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you should meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it. So the reality is this, is when we get into the Word of God, the Word of God speaks to us. And as we get into the Psalms, we get into the Psalms that speak to us in the depths of our heart, in the, in the pulse of who we are as people. And what I mean by that is we can adopt the Psalms as our own as we're reading them. Because they express those deep emotions that we have. And David was in a similar situation. We can express that same feeling, that same emotion. And when we take the Psalms as our own, we apply them to our own individual emotional state at the time that we're reading them. And we become touched by the power and the relevance of their speaking into our life. Here's what somebody has said. They said, there's no aspect of the interior life. That's our inward being. No kind of religious experience, no spiritual need that is not depicted and lived out in the Psalms. So they're very powerful, and I'm very happy that today, and then in two weeks' time I'll come back and we'll go into another psalm. But today we're going to go into Psalm 89, or 98, pardon me. And if we listen, if we really hear the psalm, I think it can change us and make us better people today. So let's do a congregational reading this morning with Psalm 98, 1 to 9. I'm going to read the first verse. You'll read the next verse. And we'll keep doing that all the way through, all right? And I invite you to stand as we read this together. And we'll follow the screen so that we're all on the same page. I believe it's NIV. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to the house of Israel, and all the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. And then all together, let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. Thank you. From this majestic psalm today, we're really going to walk away with three things. I'd invite you to, from this psalm, remember the past, celebrate the present, and anticipate the future. Let's look at remembering the past from this particular psalm today. Verses 1 to 3 again, it says, Sing to the Lord a new song. He's done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known. He has remembered his love, his faithfulness. It's looking back. So the psalmist is looking backwards. He's looking back at the great things that God has done. Verse 1, he's giving us the response to his looking back. And he says, sing to the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord, as other psalms would say. So there's this whole idea that when we slow down in life and we take the time to look back, we can remember some of the good things that God has done. Now, if you're a normal human being, sometimes when you look back, you become cynical. 
And you look back and all you can see is the negative. You're cynical about life. All the things that have happened to you. The negatives, the negatives, the negatives. That's not what he's saying here. He's saying when you look back, look back to the positive things that have happened in your life and to the things that God has done for you. And in this context, it's coming from the nation of Israel who was looking backwards uh, in terms of what happened in Egypt. Uh, Acts 7 tells us a story. It says, I have indeed seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I've heard their groaning. <coughs> Excuse me. And I've come down to set them free. I've got a bad throat this morning. Forgive me. I'm going to take our faithful fisherman's friend here. That's going to just cure me of this throat problem right away. If I drool, forgive me. Now come, I will send you back to Egypt. This is the same Moses whom they rejected with the words, Who made you ruler and judge? He was not sent to be their ruler and deliverer and deliver by God himself through the angel who appeared in the bush. And he then led them out of Egypt. So he's looking backwards. Looking backwards to that great event where God led them out of Egypt. He's done great things. Sing to the Lord. Rejoice. Be happy. Hebrews 11.29 says, By faith the people passed through the Red Sea as a dry, on dry land. And they're looking back, you see. The marvelous event when God led his people out of bondage. He had done marvelous things for them. It was their salvation. They were a people in bondage. They were oppressed. They were asking, where is God? Where is God in all of this? There were a people who were an up and down people. The nation of Israel. But he led them into victory. And so David is looking back and he's remembering these victories of God. Verse 1, he says, his right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. You know, I don't know if you know this or not, but whenever you hear his right hand in the scriptures, it gives you this idea of God's power. It's his power. The right hand of God indicates his power. And verse 3 says, he has remembered his love and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Looking backwards, remembering what God has done and how God has led them out of bondage. Verse 2, made known his saving power, his salvation. To whom again? To the nation of Israel. But here's the good news, folks. To the Gentiles as well. And you and I are the Gentiles. He says, and all the earth has seen the salvation of our God. To the ends of the earth. So let's stop for a moment. And let's reflect on that. And we're going to do another congregational reading this morning, but we're going to do it as a prayer. As we think about the past and God's good work and God's way he's led us and given us victory in our life. Let's do this as a prayer today, all right? So again, we're going to do it slowly. I will read it first of all, and then I would like you to read it back to me as a prayer. All right? Lord... Today I will sing to you a new song because you have done marvelous things. You have worked power in my life because of the work of Christ on the cross. You have made known and revealed your righteousness to the nations. You have shown me your love and faithfulness. 
The whole world is changed because of your gift of salvation through Christ. Just raise that up a little bit more and we'll do that last verse one more time with real meaning. Go ahead. The whole... Is it not there? The whole world... Okay. Just repeat after me. (laughs) The whole world is changed because of your gift of salvation through Christ. Amen. Sorry about that. I probably didn't give them all the text. You know, when I think back, like if we, if we take that point one, remember the past, we st- slow it down and we just sort of look back. I used to journal. I haven't done it for a long, long time, and really I should get back to it. Anybody here journal? That's powerful. Because you can go back and look at what you wrote about what God was doing in your life at a certain time. So when I go back and I look in the journal that I had, it's about 40 pages long from about 20 years ago. (laughs) I see the goodness of God. I see his power. I see how he did good things in my life. Recently, Susan and I needed to have a conversation with somebody in our community. And we just couldn't connect with them. We, the harder we tried, just nothing could work. So we began to pray. We say, Lord, help us connect with this person so that we can have this conversation. And uh, one day, as I was doing my daily supporting of Tim Hortons, we were in our car, and this lady walked right towards us in the car, going into Tim Hortons. Now, in all the years that I've supported Tim Hortons faithfully, I've never seen her in a Tim Hortons. It was a God moment where he answered our prayer. It was a simple little prayer. Lord, help us connect with this person. And boom, there she was. And we were able to connect with her and have our conversation. I don't think that was a coincidence. I think that was a God moment. One of those things I can look back on and say, wow, God, you're so great. I think of something else. I'll tell you a little story. When we lived down in Fort Capel, that was the first church we pastored. In Fort Capel, Saskatchewan. Beautiful little place, four lakes, ski hill. You know, just kind of paradise on earth in Saskatchewan, believe it or not. We wanted to buy a house. We went to the bank and, you know, we said, we'd like to buy a house. We'd like to put some roots down here for a while. The bank said, well, you don't make enough money for us to give you a loan. So that tells you a little bit about praying for your pastor. And so we were a little discouraged, and we said, well, Lord, you know, I guess we'll rent then. And renting was hard to do. But God opened a door, and the real estate agent came to us and said, look, you can't borrow this amount of money. And I'll, I'll tell you what it was. It was $35,000. Wouldn't it be nice to find a house today for $35,000? It was $35,000. The bank would give us twenty-five. So the owner of the house said, oh, well, I'll just, I'll, uh, I'll finance it for you. So that was great. The real estate agent drew up the forms and we signed them and everything was kosher. The next morning, the real estate agent phoned us and said, look, we got a problem here. Why? Well, the guy has decided he just doesn't want to do that anymore. He's kind of scared. And I said, but we signed a contract. He says, yeah, yeah. He said, the only way you can get out of this is if he drops the price down to the amount of money you could borrow from the bank. So he did. He dropped it down to $25,000. So we bought the house and We spent uh, four wonderful years there, and then it was time for us to go back to seminary and get ready to go overseas for missionary work. 
and we went back to this real estate agent. Now, I had developed a relationship with him. <clears throat> he came to me every year at the RCMP ball and said, I have to give a prayer. Would you write a prayer out for me? So for four years, I wrote a prayer out for him at the RCMP ball. Well, at the end of the time, when it came to sell this house, he said, I'm going to tell you what, you've been so kind to me. I'm going to sell your house for no commission. He sold the house for 35000 which gave us enough money to go back to seminary. Coincidence? $10,000 just doesn't drop out of the sky. But it did. God cared for us. He looked after us. What about you as a church? Let's think back for a second. Sing to the Lord a new song. What has he done in your past in this church? I feel like I'm in a whole new place up here. You've changed the decorations. God is good to give creative people in your church. What about in your life? What has God done? Where's the victories? Are you so focused on the becauses that you can't see the all those? Are we stuck in because this, because this, because this? We're trapped in negativity. Change that word to the word although, and it creates new meaning in your life. Although that happened, hey, this is where I'm at today. It's a very powerful transition. Answer these questions in your heart this morning. How has God shown you his power this year? How has God shown you his loving kindness? Not one of us here today deserve his loving kindness, but because of his grace and mercy, we receive it. How has God shown you his faithfulness? That's what the psalmist is doing here in Psalm 89. He's saying, remember the past. Think back to what God has done for you. Remember the past. But he also calls us to celebrate the present. And that's the part I like. Because I love to live in the present. The past is gone. We can't change it. But we can celebrate it. But celebrating the present is even more exciting. Look at verse 1. He says, sing to the Lord a new song. Now does that mean that every Sunday somebody has to come up with a new song from the hymnal? No. What it really means is from the heart. Sing a new song in your heart. Whatever that means. You know, being a prairie kid, I used to love grab my guitar and go sit out in the grain field and just worship God in the big sky. And I'd sing to him a new song. Had no idea what I was singing. I would just sing. Just worship him. Psalm 96.1, again, here we're going to hear this thread through scripture. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Psalm 149, praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song and his praise in the congregation of the godly ones. Isaiah 42, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing his praise from the ends of the earth. Revelation 5, 9. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the book of life and break its seals. A new song. Psalm 89, verse 4 says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord, verse 5 says, With the harp, with the harp of the sound of singing. Verse 6, with trumpets and the blast of a ram's horn, shout for joy before the Lord your King. See, instruments are a very important part of the church. I have a, a friend of mine who was a pastor in the uh, Church of Christ movement. Uh, in, in, they're non-instrumental, some of them. And we used to have some really good conversations. I would say to him, you know, why, why don't you have instruments in your church? And it was just their tradition. And then I found out that he was a trumpet player in secret. I always thought that was funny. 
I guess you don't. But anyway. <laughs> Shout for joy of the Lord. Burst into jubilant song with music. So, you know, God has blessed us as a church by giving us people who are creative in, in their musical abilities, in their talents. Break forth, sing for joy, play the instruments. You know, I have a dream that I don't know if it'll ever happen living in the smaller communities. But I've always had a dream for worship that it would be orchestral. That we'd have a full orchestral orchestra on the stage. And Barry, I really miss your drums. I'm a drummer. And uh, uh, drums are an important part to me in worship. But I had this dream of being a part of a worship service that has all kinds of instruments happening. And as we're lifting... Have you ever been in that kind of a concert? It's fantastic. It is. I'll tell you, there's a singer from Winnipeg. Now, if I can think of his name. He's a soloist. Steve Bell. Anybody heard of Steve Bell? Steve Bell has a CD where he went with the Winnipeg Symphonic uh, Orchestra and he put together uh, a night, an evening, and it is so good. I'd recommend you listen to it. But as we saw this morning, we don't need the instruments. We're just blessed by them, right? We can worship God without them. And you did a great job of that today. So we need to celebrate in the present. And, And I like... You know, it's Psalm 150, one of my favorite psalms, with the harp, with the uh, uh, tambourines, with the strings, with the flutes, with the crash of cymbals, the resounding of cymbals. Pastor to church one time where it was predominantly made up of some older citizens who, well, let's just say their tastes were a little bit different than the younger generation in terms of music. And so when I had uh, was called to this church, the elders board had said to me, can you help us transition so that we can move more towards what's happening in the younger generation and reach the younger generation through our church and through our music? And so one of the first things I did was I said to them, well, we need to uh, tighten up our music. We need to really make sure that we are together on that. We have the same philosophy. So we developed a philosophy of worship and how instruments all fit into that, etc., etc. And then we invited a, a group from the Bible school to come uh, and minister to us. And they had a drum set. They had the guitars and everything. And the congregation loved it. They just loved it very much. But it was different if it was our own people. There was a problem there. So the first Sunday when we introduced drums in our church... Guess who played them? Me. Because I wanted to show the congregation that the drums were a very, very important part of worshiping God. And uh, it's, it's very powerful. Very powerful. So he calls us to just respond in worship with instruments and without instruments. To just honor God. And that's how we celebrate in the presence. Now, there's another way that we celebrate in the presence, too, and that's with our voices, just talking, just talking. I want to give you that opportunity this morning. What has God done? Let's celebrate. What has he done for you? Just one or two or three people, if you're open to doing that this morning. What has God done for you?
just think about one thing. Silence doesn't bother me. I'm okay with silence. One thing that God has done for you this year, maybe last couple of years, maybe something jumps out in your mind that's very powerful from all of your life. Amen. Yeah, that's, that's very powerful uh, that you were able to come back, that God brought you back here again. Yeah. That's hard on the family when you're separated like that. I, I never saw them at marriage counseling, so they were doing okay. <laughs> Anyone else? I remember winter 1997. Christmas time, driving to see my wife's family, uh, her mom and dad in Outlook, Saskatchewan. There was no snow, not a drop of snow, December 25th. And we stopped along the way and we just looked at the, the hills at North Battleford there and we just were, this is amazing, no snow. And then it came, unfortunately. But anyway, anyone else, quickly, we don't want to spend too much time here. You said rain. And we got it, didn't we? God gave us the rain, and now he's giving us the sun that's going to grow those crops. I like what Brad said this morning, is that, that uh, we can see it growing. <laughs> Provision. Good. Yeah. You know, friends, we really do a lot of fussing and fretting in life. And I think I gave you a message here one time, why, why worry or why trust when you can worry. Um, we worry too much, right? God is good. God is great. God is big. Well, let's go on. Remember the past. Celebrate the present. And I hope you'll keep doing that today. But there's one more thing we can't forget about. And that's anticipating the future. I don't know about you, but I can get lost in living in the now. And I forget that God has a bigger plan. And this living in the now part is part of that bigger plan. And that's the future. And of course, we know the big picture of the future is in the end, God wins. Um, there is going to be a second coming of Christ. And the events that surround that second coming, lots of differing of views on it, but it's in a sense there will be a rapture of some kind where the dead in Christ will rise and we who are alive will meet him in the air. There will be a great tribulation period that comes upon the earth. An antichrist will be revealed in a halfway mark, seven years. At the three and a half year mark, the antichrist is revealed and great birth pangs come upon the earth. There will be a millennium where there's a thousand year reign of peace. There will be a great white throne judgment where non-believers will be judged. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. All these are big, big, fantastic events that are yet to happen. 
And we need to be aware that God will still judge the earth. Now, the beauty of what Scripture teaches us, those of us who have come to know Christ, will not be in that great white throne judgment because we've already been judged at the marriage supper of the Lamb. The judgment day is for the unbeliever. And uh, that's going to be a day that will be a very sad day for the earth. But God is going to come back and he's going to, through Christ, take up the executive control of a new heaven and a new earth. What will it be like? Well, go into the scriptures and read Matthew 25, Revelation. Read what that's going to be like. Some of it is is in a metaphoric way, but some of it is probably going to be true. In Revelation 19, 1 and 2, we see this. After this, I heard what sounded like a roar of a great multitude in heaven shouting, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God, for true and just are His judgments. You see, salvation is a two-part thing. Salvation is in the now, but salvation is still not yet completed. In that God will come and fulfill and we will be made perfect. We're born again. We're saved through Christ. Um, no one can come to, 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 Christ except, or to God except through Christ. But the completion of our salvation will be in the culmination of all these events that have to happen. And that's yet to come. So my daughter asked me the other day. She said, do you think we're living in the last days? And I said, Yes. Christ could come at any moment. However, she said, do you believe that he will take you away before the great tribulation comes? And I says, it's like this for me. I believe with all my heart that I'm going to be raptured out, but I'm living as though I'm not going to be. We just need to follow him daily, live for him daily, obey him, do what he asks us to do. And as Joshua said, the book of the law should not depart from us. And we meditate on it day and night so that we know how to walk before him. So that's Psalm 89. We unfolded that a little bit. Now it's interesting in the bulletin, your opening reading was Psalm 63. Guess what I am preaching on in two weeks? Psalm 63. So let's pray. So Lord, we thank you today. For your goodness, for this beautiful day, I pray for this congregation that as they leave here today, they could just enjoy the Sabbath day together with their family and friends, that they could just really enjoy the warm weather and the sun, and we thank you for the breeze that's just cooling it down a little bit. We thank you for the crops that are growing. We thank you, Father. In a world of chaos right now, you still are at work right here in this church, right here in our lives. You are still God. You haven't changed You will never change. You will always be with us. You'll never forsake us. Help us to celebrate today. Help us to sing new songs in our heart of hearts. Help us to just rejoice through music, through a cappella, through silence, through art, through intellectual experiences. Just all these things that help us worship you. And we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ross. It just 
amazes me during the week. I thought, well, I have no communication with Pastor Ross. I have no idea where he's going. And then I thought, I don't need to. God can just take it how he wants. And it's, what a, it's just an amazing way how God works and pulls things together. And it's such an encouragement for us in our everyday walk of life to see, to see that happen. My, my heart just aches for the unbeliever that looks at the Christian walk of life and thinks about, well, you guys are just oppressed and you live by a bunch of rules and it's just a bunch of fundamental, dogmatic, yada, yada, yada. And they don't see that heartbeat. That's just awesome. So uh, I had written, To God Be the Glory, and I think that's a good song to uh, number 66. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's stand to sing number 66. Well, first of all, who knows this song? Raise your hand. Yeah, okay, that's enough. Higher and greater will be 
Our wonder, our transport, when Jesus we see. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son, and give him the glory, great things he hath done. Did anybody have a selection they wanted? 143? Number 43. Changes not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Summer and winter and springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above, join with all nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, Morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have needed thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth. Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with ten thousand beside. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have needed thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Thank you. God bless.